Hey guys, and welcome back to A Conversation for One. So just before we get started and jump into today's mini episode, let me just take a little time here to uh, make a shout out to uh, this podcast sponsor, Outra Apparel. It's a brand new clothing and accessories brand. Uh, The company produces some very sharp looking clothing with high quality material and production. It feels incredibly soft and you can tell it's well made and it gets better. Outra is a support of the Mental Health Research of Canada, which is mhrc.ca. Outra stands for Open Up to Raise Awareness. And when you purchase anything from them, that's anything at all, 10% of it goes directly to Mental Health Research Canada to promote research and awareness. So they have shirts, hats, hoodies, lots of stuff, both sexes. It all looks great. I myself personally just bought the cherry red hoodie. I'm I'm like ecstatic. I can't wait to put this thing on. So anyways, if you guys want to get your hands on it, it goes to a great cause. It looks sharp. I love the logo. You can find Outra on their Instagram page at Outra Apparel. That's O-U-T-R-A-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. And you can find them and buy whatever you'd like on their website, OutraApparel.ca. I'll make sure I include a link on the um, the actual uh, Instagram page for this uh, for this post, and I'll make sure I have something in the in the show notes. Go check out Outro Apparel, guys. And now on with the show. So hey everyone, welcome back to A Conversation for One. Uh, so I think I'm going to do a mini episode. Um, so I put it to a vote on Instagram. It was between Pee Wee Herman and something to do with Disney. And nobody wanted Pee Wee. Like two people. Um, so the majority of people voted for something Disney. And so I was kind of struggling. I had like a little topic I was thinking about today at work. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Um, so... Actually, I think I'm going to do it like I will do the topic I was thinking about, but I'll do it a little bit later when I get some more research. In the meantime, I don't really have a title. I'll have to think of a title for it in a bit. Um, but I think what I'm going to do is like my, uh, or not my, but basically some underappreciated Disney films. Um, films that I, th- I love um, or, yeah, basically films I love that like either A, not a lot of people know about or b uh films that disney has basically just swept under the rug um so let's just jump right in first one right off the hop here the great mouse detective this is one of my favorites from when i was a kid there's lots here to love about this film lots and as always vincent price is in this film it's hard to go a single podcast without getting a little vincent price on there you know so the great mouse detective was actually made in 1986 it is a animated mystery film, I guess. It's kind of like, so the main character is Basil. Basil? Basil? Basil. That sounds more English. The Great Basil of Baker Street. And I don't know if it's like based off any other source material, but it's basically a mouse version of Sherlock Holmes. And it's awesome. Like old Sherlock Holmes. Like not, yeah, I guess Sherlock Holmes is basically one of those characters. He's, you know, he's snotty. He's super intelligent. He's he's witty. Um, he doesn't get along well with others except for like one or two people. Um, and it's just got like a lot of really cool characters. Uh, and Vince Price plays Radigan, which is basically his Moriarty. This film, 
I think it's like Victorian. I guess that's how you would describe it. It's like Victorian England. And the plot is basically um, Basil's like kind of hung up the coat. You know, he doesn't do that stuff anymore. He's just basically doing little investigations and he doesn't have anything big. And then his longtime nemesis is like cooking up something and kidnaps this girl Olivia's dad, who's a toy maker, and she has nobody. And she finds, I want to say Watson, but I don't think his name is actually Watson. Um, but it's like the Watson character, and they both stumble upon the great Basil of Baker Street. Like, he is like mouse legend, and they basically are trying to patch it all together. They're trying to figure it out. But this film has a lot going for it. Excellent, excellent background animation. The sound, like just the sound in general, is like very nice. It's very atmospheric. It, it's very um, suggestible. Like you feel like you're at this place. It's not like something, it's not like you're underwater and you're hearing like bubbles or like waves. Like, yeah, it's very generic. It's almost like when you're hearing the sounds in this film, you can feel like the cold bricks. You can feel the wet air. I don't know what it is, but ever since I was a kid, I like always felt like, yep, that seems real. It's animated, but it and it's in the Disney style, but it seems real. And also, too, the songs are beyond catchy. You wouldn't think that this film is a musical, and it's not. It's not like in classic, like Disney fashion, a musical. But there's a lot of songs in here. There's at least th three, three and two. This film is actually it's not dark, but there's like there's couple scenes in this film still to this day that like when I think of like a classic key like pinpoint slice of film it's it's from this film like it is ingrained in my brain since i was a child and not be through like repetition not because it like scarred me it's just so cinematic like i couldn't get enough of it and um i don't think it's really spoilers so much um, but there's 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 a jump scare that will stick with me because it comes out of nowhere. They're just they're tracking like the Radigan's like henchmen, and there's a jump scare, and that scene is very like I almost want to say like Hitchcockian, but it, it hits you at a left field, and it's not like a a straight jump scare, but it gets you, uh, and it that's great. But the one that stands out the absolute most, like tip top for me, the, uh, like top three scenes of my life that I'll always remember is, is at the end and Basil and Radigan are like running up. Yeah. It's like through all the cogs. It's like, it must be CGI, like a mix, like a blend of 2d and 3d and they're running up like big Ben through all the cogs for the clock. And there's like lightning striking and it's like between like dark and lights and shadows Oh my gosh. And it's like, I can't remember. I don't think there is like any score playing. It's literally just them running and like the sound of like the bells and the, the, the gears. Oh my gosh. It's just, oh wow. Like I, I hope like I don't hype it up. Like it, I hope like by any means, like if you watch this, you're like, well, this is going to be the game changer. Like if you're not already on board by the end of that movie, that's not going to be the game changer. But for an animated movie, especially for Disney back then, this keep in mind, this is 86. Disney has not had any string of success in quite a while. This is a little bit before the Disney Renaissance, so there's no Little Mermaid. There's no Aladdin. There's no Hunchback. There's none of that. None of that has happened yet. This is strictly like a swing for the fence type movie. We don't even know if we have this in a bag. It's not like Disney now where Disney like could throw dog shit at the wall and it's going to make like 400 million. This was like 
if you got an idea, let's, let's run with it. That's basically what Disney was at. Um, and it's too bad. It doesn't make sense to me. Like this is the one, like there's some films where it's like, Oh, it didn't make a lot of money. And it's like, yeah, like it makes sense. Like it's a, it's fine movie, but it's nothing like memorable. This movie has stood the test of time for me. And like, I couldn't get enough of it as a kid, like constantly like asking my mom, we went, if you're from Ontario, we went to jumbo video constantly begging like every single time i think they had like 99 cent movie rentals or 50 or quarter i think it was a quarter like for the kids movies old kids movies was like a quarter and i'd like basically beg and i'd get it once in a while to get that movie and then when i was a little older like tween teen years uh, my aunt picked it up for me uh, like on a dvd for my birthday and like i don't even remember asking for it but i couldn't have been more thrilled and so I got that and uh, I don't, I think I bought it. I might've bought it like two or three years ago. I bought the great mouse detective on Blu-ray still holds up. Like I'm not throwing it on for any nostalgia reasons. It's like, it's literally one of my favorite animated films. It's probably is my favorite animated film. And, uh, oh, it's just fantastic. And two, it, uh, like it did well for what it says here on Wikipedia, 14 million budget. And it made just under 40. So, but under Disney, that's kind of a flop. Also, too, it's kind of cool. He lives under Sherlock Holmes. And they actually had Basil Rathbone, who, who's one of the more famous interpretations of Sherlock Holmes, actually, like, do the voice for him. Whether that was, like, recorded uh, prior or they took it from something. It's, it's just kind of cool because then it actually makes it feel like it's part of that universe. I like that. Um, what else we got here? Some little facts for you that I didn't know. It was directed and um, kind of like designed by the people that did Little Mermaid and Aladdin just a couple years later, like in 89 and 92. It was released to positive reviews and slight financial success. Um, but again, ask somebody if they know The Great Mouse Detective and odds are they've either heard of it or they've seen some of it on TV or they kind of remember it, but not many people have it. I can tell you that right now, especially not on like the crisp, cool, like, you know, those VHS cases, like the, the white hard plastic, well, harder than just like a cardboard sleeve. I, I can't, I don't, I never knew anybody growing up that had this movie, N not one. Um, it's not, a, it's not the Lion King, but watching it now, I would watch this any day. I would watch this every day in a row instead of watching Lion King. This movie is is perfect. It's a great, great film. I recommend it. You got Sherlock Holmes. You got Vincent Price. You've got great animation. You got a great story, and just it's it's just it's a a well made film. It doesn't. It's not tailored for kids. It's not tailored for adults. It is tailored for everyone, and it's great. Um, but that leads me into kind of the next one. Um, this film came out right after, um, oh yeah. So just go see the great mouse detective. It's a, it's on Blu-ray. This is the, one of the only ones that I'm going to be talking about that's on Blu-ray. So you could definitely like get it while I would not suggest you do this. You could definitely, uh, torrent the hell out of this. You could find it on YouTube. You could find it on iTunes. That's probably the route I would go. iTunes or Amazon, just rent it. Um, you could go through uh, 
PlayStation Store. Um, you could buy it on Amazon. If you're lucky, you could go to Best Buy or, or like Toys R Us and you can find it in a bin. Um, but yeah, check that out. Oh, Costco. Costco usually, I think that's where I got it. I think I bought Hunchback and The Great Mouse Detective at Costco, two for 20 bucks. That's a steal, especially for a Disney film. Um, or Walmart. Walmart might have it. Anywhere, anywhere. Just look for it. It's it's honestly worth your time. I can't I can't I can't fathom anybody regretting that purchase. But anyways, so they made this, which is really weird. They made this the next year after like a huge flop for them, which is too bad. And this is the next film that I want to talk about because it's one as a kid I very thoroughly enjoyed as well. So this film, Great Mouse Detective, was in eighty six, eighty five. Disney actually had, they tried to up it, you know? Disney was always like the kids' movies. Like, even when they weren't doing their like classics, they had like stuff like Robin Hood, um, Fox and the Hound, which some people like, even as a kid, I could not stand Fox and the Hound. It's just, ugh, I don't know. It was too sappy, even for me as a kid. I just, I wanted none of it. Um, but they were known for that kind of stuff. Like, the Rescuers, although I love The Rescuers, it's a kid's movie. Like, it's a little dark, but I guess that's probably the darkest of those. But it's more like the Don Bluth era of Disney. Um, but anywho, they made, they tried to make it more dark, appeal to teenagers. This is kind of like right around when Michael Eisner is kind of stepping in. Um, and the film that I'm alluding to is The Black Cauldron. Um, which is a movie Disney has very, very much, except for like one thing I saw on YouTube, uh, they've swept under the rug. Um, the Black Cauldron has, um, I guess the antagonist is the called the Horned King. And it's literally like, imagine Skeletor, but with like John Hurt's voice, like super deep like this. And he's got like this big furry rotting almost cloak on and he's just completely skeletal and he's kind of terrifying right especially for a kid he's terrifying and they had him in tokyo disneyland um in one of the rides he actually was like just look it up like horned king tokyo disneyland i can't remember what the ride is called but there was a video i think uh, i can't remember if it, i think it was defunct land so go look up Kevin Perger and Defunctland. I'm pretty sure they did the video on it. It's it's pretty scary. Like honestly, like a, an American Disneyland would or never have anything like that ride. But that's it. That's literally all Disney ever did with this film. And um, like this isn't even on Blu-ray. So if that's any 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 indication of how they feel about this film, so I'm just gonna read um, a little synopsis here. Um, set in the mythical land of Prydain during the early Middle Ages, the film centers on the evil horned king who hopes to secure an ancient magical cauldron that will aid him in his desire to conquer the world. He is opposed by a young pig keeper named Taran, the young princess Elanmi? Elanmi? I don't know. Sorry, it's, it's, it's Welsh. Uh, and the bard Flam. Hope I said that right. And a wild creature named Gurgi. Gurgi is awesome. Like, he's like this little, I don't even know. He's kind of like a, a mixture between like 
a Gollum-esque character and like an Ewok. He just kind of looks like a dog who can walk around and talk. And he says stuff like, oh, munchies and crunchies. And like, he's just, he's basically like a little annoying piece of shit, but he's awesome. And all of these little characters I just named are trying to destroy a cauldron uh, that, that, I don't know what the cauldron's actual powers are. It's almost like he can see the future in the cauldron. He can summon spirits from the cauldron. He can command the dead with the cauldron. He can do like, it's this black cauldron possesses any power really. Um, so they're trying to destroy this thing or at least prevent it from getting to the horned king. Um, and it is dark. You've got this pig keeper kid who's, I don't know if he's an orphan. I think he is like, I think like he just has this guardian and he has like the pig and basically the pig is like his pet and it's like his best friend. And so the pig gets taken or no, the pig, the pig can see the future. I think that's what they need. So the Horn King goons basically steal this pig because they're going to dip this pig's head into the cauldron. And then the Horn King is going to see what he wants or he sees where the cauldron is. It's been a while. I, again, because I don't even think this came out on DVD. Like, I think this last time this came out was on VHS. And that's the last time I saw this bad boy. Yep. So it says here, uh, Disney did not release this film on home video until 1998. This film came out in 1985. It never saw the light of day again for that long, for 13 years. It's crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, this film too, it has like when the Horn King is like commanding his like weird army of like goons and his army of the dead, all the colors are like shooting through the room, incredibly detailed and inc incredibly colorful. Um, it's brooding. It's dark. It's, it's very, um, not like shadowy but like you get a lot of different um tones of lighting coming through it's actually quite beautiful and um while the the areas during the daytime aren't something to like write home about really um when they go they they find these witches if i remember correctly and those scenes too it's like a mixture of like neon colors you know almost like in an 80s movie when you're like summoning something magical and like Let's say like you pulled a sword up in live action. <laughs> I'm motioning with my hands, even though you can only hear my voice. And uh, so they pull up this sword and the sword's magic, let's say. And they've drawn in on the cells, like all of this like sparks and stuff coming off. That's kind of like the same kind of effect they have. But it's like um, they're commanding like magic, basically. And that all those are kind of shooting through like the house and around them it pops. It's very, very pleasant to look at. And I can't think of really anything else that kind of has that in a Disney film right off the top of my head. The only thing I can kind of think of, it's, it's a lot more soft and refined. Um, but you know, like in Beauty and the Beast, uh, what is his name? It's not Eric. Well, the Beast, let's just say, you know, when the Beast, um, spoiler alert if anybody hasn't seen like the five iterations of beauty and the beast um but when the beast dies right gaston kills the beast and bell's like i love him right and then when he gets up i'm talking specifically about like i think it's the 92 no 91 93 
the 90s animated one when he like he's going up all like the powers are like shooting out of his fingers and they're shooting around and there's light everywhere and the light pops you know what i mean like it doesn't feel like it's all part of the same animation it feels almost other worldly that's basically what happens in these scenes in the black cauldron it is just an absolute joy to watch it is dark and people die and it's not always happy and there's life and death at 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 the stakes here um it's not like oh no like if i fail then i can't have a relationship it's like if i fail not only will i die my pet will die my new friends will die but the world will be over it's it's high risk and it's i i really loved it as a kid um no music in this one not that i can think of like no like catchy jingles there might be a song in here maybe something like the old guy sings or the princess sings but there's no like musical there's no catchy tunes it is a straightforward punch in the head like it's a it is in a fantasy film like imagine almost have you guys ever seen ralph bashke's um bashke's bashke's I don't remember how you pronounce his last name. His Lord of the Rings film, or even like Fire and Ice or Wizards. No, not Wizards. Wizards. Yeah, maybe kind of Wizards. But Lord of the Rings specifically, that's basically more or less akin to what this is like. Um, just a little more Disney, though. Less, um, less serious, but still dark. Um, but check that out. This, if you can find it, I mean, like you might be able to rent this thing, but unless you have a VCR, I don't think you're going to be able to watch this. I'm looking here right now and I don't. Okay. Re-release home media. Okay. Uh... Weird. So it says here in 2008, Disney announced a special edition DVD to release of the film to be released in 2009 but it failed then it was re-advertised as a 25th anniversary edition and released on september 14th 2010 in the uk and in the us see i don't ever remember seeing this um but it oh kind of looks bare bones it contains just a widescreen transfer uh dvdr challenge game and a few deleted scenes Wow, like they couldn't give a shit about this. There's nothing on here. Weird. So, yeah, so there's no Blu-ray. If you're lucky, you might might be able to find a DVD or at least the DVD quality somewhere, wherever you find it. But yeah, watch this one. It's, um, it's, it's, you know what the art style is kind of like? It's kind of like, you know how Sleeping Beauty has that very european almost storybook look like it, it doesn't have that classic disney animation like everything looks almost like it's a silhouette or like a matte painting almost you know what i mean that's kind of a lot what this looks like it's a very different style like you can't compare this to like hercules or aladdin maybe the hunchback might be the closest thing like of the disney renaissance films but it is, it is a different beast entirely. And uh, like when you watch it, you know it's a Disney film. But at the same time, it doesn't really share anything with Disney. 
just like some of the character animations but other than that it doesn't really follow any familiar disney formula and kind of i think for that reason as a kid because it was different i really enjoyed it um but yeah this one doesn't i if you look up like most forgotten or like underappreciated or like <laughs> even like release a blu-ray of this black cauldron comes up way too often and i don't, I don't think disney's taken a hint yet they took the hint with the nightmare before christmas eventually like 10 years ago they're like oh people really like this so maybe one day for the black cauldron that will happen and the next one i have on here sorry that i'm always doing movie lists i have different things planned but uh yeah i just didn't really know what to talk about i i mean i could have talked about the theme parks but i haven't been in a while um I mean, I keep up to date with a lot of the information. I just, I didn't have anything on the top of my head to whip out here. Um, yeah, I was thinking of the topic that I was going to do. I was thinking about doing um, like forgotten movie characters or like unrealized movie characters. And then the more I was kind of like quick looking into it, I was like, no, there's, there's a, it's a big can and uh, I can't eat the whole thing basically. So I just it's for another time because there's a lot of good stuff and I'd love to talk about it, but I kind of want to do it justice. Um, right. Podcast. Um, this next one, uh, I guess kind of the, the finale, if you will, is uh, a goofy movie. Yeah. A goofy movie. This one, like I know a lot of people watched it, but I, it's, I never see it like brought up in lists. I don't, it never gets brought up in casual conversation and I watched it just recently. I watched it maybe, I don't know, two years ago, four years ago. I watched it pretty recently and watching it as an adult has a completely different feel than when you watched it as a kid. As a kid, some of the parts I thought super boring or I didn't care for, or I just didn't find funny. But watching it as an adult, I can't remember exactly if I cried, but I was getting teary-eyed at parts, and also, too, like, a lot of scenes hit you in a lot of different ways, because as a kid, obviously, you're relating to Max, right? So you see Goofy as being, like, the annoying parent, but the older you get, especially if you were to watch this as, like, I don't know, between, like, 18 and 20, you get it from, like, both perspectives, but then the older you get, you're Goofy, right? Even if you don't have kids and you're not married, like, you've passed where Max is. You're not in high school anymore, right? So you know exactly what he's going through, like Goofy. like He's trying to relate to his kid. He's trying to like make sure his kid has everything he needs. He doesn't want to lose his kid. And he's just out of it. Like he, he doesn't, he's just trying his best, right? He's just doing whatever he thinks is fun or what used to be fun because that's what he's doing. And uh, honestly, it's a very touching film, but also too, it's super funny. I remember laughing actually so hard at a lot of parts. And, like, stuff that I found funny as a kid, I still found funny. And other stuff that, like, either flew over my head or I had, like, a completely different appreciation for. Like, all the stuff with Pete, pretty funny stuff. All the stuff with Bigfoot, for some reason, I still die laughing at. And it's just, it's fun, too, to, like, <laughs> like, as a kid, you don't really laugh too much of this. But, like, I remember, like, Goofy's, like, trying to take the picture, right, with the baby. And, like, the baby's, like, have enough of it, none of it, right? And uh, it's basically just that whole part of the job where goofy's just keeping it together right it's it's great but two so touching oh what am i talking about 
yes, it is touching. But the music in this movie, oh my goodness. There's like this weird, not weird, but definitely like a, uh, I don't know if you want to look at it as like a spoof or a homage, but there's definitely like a, um, a Michael Jackson or like a Bobby Brown spoof homage like type character uh, called Powerline. And this is basically who Max is like trying to be slash impress slash see right he he's like this is like his guy and he's also like trying to impress roxanne right but the music so like max does like uh i don't know if it's like him singing it or he does a um like a lip sync to and it's like this whole performance it's like what the movie kind of opens with to like powerline and then at the end of the film they're trying to see powerline and powerline's pretty awesome like the performances are cool it's like cool special effects and within the animation and bright colors and it's just really cool to see it's very everybody is very goofy like goofy is in like the mickey mouse world right like he is a mickey mouse character when it comes to like disney but there's something about goofy and the characters that goofy interacts with that are very goofy you know like they all kind of look like goofy they don't nobody looks like a mickey nobody looks like a donald um, nobody looks like anybody else. There's no Clarabelle cow or anybody like that. They all kind of look like goofy, which I always find very interesting. Um, but yeah, like this power line guy's got like the thick kind of like tuft of hair that like a, like a goofy, like imagine like goofy's nose or his ears. Like it, it's that same sort of like style and shape. Really cool. Also, too, I don't know who's whose voice is, but there's the one guy, Bobby, and he's like, Cheddar, Cheddar Wizzy. Best part. Honestly, the best part. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten intoxicated and just go, Cheddar, but nobody gets it, right? Just me. Just me being weird. So suffice to say, not only do I not drink as much, but I don't bust out obscure Disney references while I'm drinking. Um, oh, Polly Shore? No way. So apparently Polly Shore voices Bobby. Bobby Zimmerowski. He's like the guy who like hooks him up with all like the media and like the uh the sound equipment and stuff. Yeah, wow. I Polly Shore. I never put that together. But yeah, so he's the best part. He's got like the can of aerosol cheese, which if you're ever in the States or you're listening from the States, that is a real thing. Aerosol cheese. I know when we went to Florida the one year, I definitely bought some. Didn't finish it all. And the parents were like, why are you spending your money on this? But I had to. Just literally to say, shut up. So, yeah, awesome. Bobby. Bobby, how the hell are you? Bobby. Bobby's really cool. But, yeah, as I was saying, like, way before, touching. Basically, Goofy keeps trying to teach him, Max, the perfect cast. The perfect cast. I don't know. I can't do goofy. So that whole part of just like trying to like bond with your son and the son wanting none of it. And then goofy, like not giving a shit about Max wanting to see power line and not wanting to be a part of that. Like, as I was saying, the older you get, like the more that stands out, like the whole time, like (laughs) your dad will try to be bonding with you. And you're like, no, like you don't get it. Right. Like you're in my face. You're in my shit. Like, I don't care. But then when you're getting older, it's like they couldn't give two poops about what you're doing. Not even a little, right? They're just, they're good with their life. 
they've reached a different stage where they're like, yeah, you know what? Brush their hands of that and they move on. And it's, it's sad. And like, basically like this is like the perfect way to address this, but this is never on TV. I don't think there's a Blu-ray. I'm almost positive. There's no Blu-ray. Maybe there is a Blu-ray. I should check before I even talk. No. Yeah. There's no Blu-ray for this either. I think, yeah, I think I, I think I watched it on DVD. I think that's how I watched it. I bought it like a while ago, maybe almost like eight years ago now. Yeah, so there's there's no way to watch it um, if you're looking for physical. So again, you're going to have to probably go through digital, iTunes, Amazon, Sony Store might have it. Uh, I'm sure if you go Disney's website, do they sell stuff on there? They might. So check that one out. Like I, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why that's never played on TV. I don't know why it's never, like, really pushed at the parks. It is like a perfect father-son bonding moment and a bonding movie, rather. And even just for parents in general. It doesn't have to be, like, just dad and son. It could be, like, mom and son, like, dad and daughter, mom and daughter, like, whatever, right? It doesn't have to just be that. It's, like, a, it's just a parent to child. Like, it's the best way, basically, to explain that movie. And it's great. The animation is cool, but it's very, it, it just feels like a very high-end, perfectly written and executed, goofy TV show movie. Like, I know this went to theater, and it did all right from what I can tell. What do we got here? A little Wikipedia here. Box office, 35.5. Not a crazy amount. It does not say how much it cost. It cost them. Reception here. Not great. Wow. So according to Variety and Rotten Tomatoes, it scored 44%, which I take it to leave it. Um, Todd McCarthy of Variety criticized the film's score, calling the six featured songs unmemorable. He also felt the personality of Goofy's character, while agreeable enough in support, proved to be a bit over the top for a headliner. Well, he's not wrong. Goofy is a bit over the top, but so is Donald, and really so is Mickey. Like, that whole I'm nice about everything thing, I don't like Mickey like that. I miss, like, old Mickey. Like, if you ever watch old, like, late 30s, 40s, 50s Mickey cartoons, he's a bit of a shit. Like, he is a bit of a... Sometimes, like, he'll just... He'll laugh at people's misfortunes. He's, like, starting trouble. You know, he's... And then, like, as the years go on, he starts wearing the gloves... You know, he gets a little more round in the face. He starts wearing shoes. And, uh, you know, he's, oh, gee, about, like, everything, right? So, yeah, I mean, I get that. I disagree about the songs, though. Uh, oh, two in the opening of that film? It's, like, almost, like, horrific. It's almost like a horror movie. Like, I don't want to ruin it. But it just starts out, like, Max looking at uh, Roxanne. I think it's Roxanne, which is just a bitchin' name. And they're looking at each other, and, like, he's about to kiss... And then, like, the sunny day, like, turns to clouds and, like, all this, this like, it's it basically, like, his perfect dream basically becomes a nightmare. And it's it's great. And then he wakes up, I'm pretty sure. I disagree, though, about the music. At least two of those songs are highly, highly catchy. Like, you're going to be, <laughs> like, I'm just singing it right now. I haven't heard, seen this movie in, like, three years. Like, it's catchy. Like, so, I don't know. That guy can suck it. Watch the film if you can. Tell me what you think. You can email me. You can hit me up on Insta. Hit me up on Twitter. Tell me what you think. Also, real quick, that's it for the three. See where we're at here at time. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, just real quick. I was. This is just a mini episode. I was going to talk about Oswald the Rabbit 
but we don't have time for another day for another day real quick uh if you guys have time and you're interested check out this film called destino this film has such a cool layered history like i think i'm only going to talk about this very briefly because i think i'm going to do just a mini episode on it by itself but this is actually a film that was started in 1945 and wasn't finished until 2003. It's a collaboration between Walt Disney and Salvador Dali, which is like basically the king of like surrealist painting. Like he was the guy. It's not weird and it's surreal. It's just, it's very, it's honestly, it's breathtaking at some points. It's very beautiful. Like some of Salvador Dali's stuff that he's been associated with, it's not a hesitation. Like I do not hesitate to even remotely say that it's nightmare fuel. Like the guy, I don't know, was off his rocker. And for some stuff, it's it's created some of the best works of all time. For other stuff, even though you could also say it's some of the best works of all time, it's also messed up. Like it makes, it's, it's slightly terrifying, really, to think that like a human man came up with these things. Like if you can just look at it and be like, oh yeah. But if you like look at what it is, like a horse, like, an agonizing pain as his legs are like 12 feet long and like he can't support his body and like he's falling over while there's like the sun's melting his hoops and stuff you're like yeah i don't know what this means but the song in this film destino is so catchy and it's so fitting like it couldn't have been any better this though um yeah i guess dolly was like disney i like your style and disney was like i like your name basically like if you're Salvador Dali, so if you want to do something with me, let's do it. And they locked arms, Carl Weather and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator, and they were like, let's do this thing. And then I don't know what happened. It just never finished and never got off the ground. But it was released in 2003, as I said, and it's so short. It's so short. They were going off like blueprints and like recordings and like sketches and it's only seven minutes and it was released in 2003 as i was saying and it was released actually as like not a special feature but like kind of like a bonus video in fantasia so the fantasia slash the fantasia 2000 release which good luck finding that i had to go to my uh, library last year i think to watch that because it's like 60 dollars it's like ridiculous you could probably i think almost definitely just watch it on youtube put it on 1080p watch that on youtube relax just enjoy just watch it don't go on your phone it's wonderful it's just wonderful but as i was saying i'll, I'll jump into that a little bit later uh i'll do its own mini episode because it deserves it but i i kind of just had to talk about it because it's never brought up ever like never once it's never like on a best of list for like disney shorts it's never included in disney shorts it should be it should be like everywhere it should be like at epcot you should be able to see this whenever you want yeah it's called destino it's beautiful it is superb if it if i didn't know disney made this before i watched it i wouldn't have known because it is nothing associated with disney except for just quality it's a quality film and uh yeah check that out just go on youtube and look up destino so that's it i don't know what i'm going to call this episode yet but uh thank you guys for listening you can find me on uh instagram at acfo podcast same with twitter at acfo podcast also i'm on facebook now i don't go on it but i I think just look up a conversation for one podcast because I don't have a specific URL for it yet. I should probably do that right now, actually. You can f- listen to this podcast. I don't know where you're listening from right now. Thank you again for listening. But you can download it basically on any uh, podcast listening device uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Overcast. You name it, it's on there. 
I've just been plugging away, getting everything on there. And uh, again, guys, uh, if you can go check out Outra Apparel, that's O-U-T-R-A, they're doing really great things. Every, like I said, 10% of everything you guys buy goes right to uh, Mental Health Research Canada. And really, what else is there? You get a sweet looking sweater, feels great, looks great, logo's cool, and you're helping mental health. Honestly, buy one thing at least, right? Even if it's small, you're getting something great. Even if you're giving it as a gift, then it's double win, right? So go check them out at Outra Apparel at Instagram and go visit their website at outraapparel.ca. Until next time, guys, thank you for listening to A Conversation for One. Tyler out. (laughs) 